it is past time. If he is caught up in this, he is our only way to understand what is going on. Besides, even Pa'om has managed to find a place for her in this new world. Bring him home, Abdal. I'm counting on you. Last time on Lost Legends of Skadriel, I would probably say, "Oh, hey, look, guys, it's Snee. Yeah, open him up. Yeah, we know this son of a this son of a gun." You think I didn't have people watching the house? You think I don't have eyes and ears inside of the Lord Mistborn's Manor who can double check what's going on, what's been said, who told them to change the guard patrol a day after selling them to me? You give me that bead of ATM, we call it square. You're not getting the ATM. Not today. Maybe those of us who have secrets to protect shouldn't put their noses in other people's business. Besides, don't you have somebody that you're supposed to bring that to as well? Uh, actually, down that same alley where in the first episode you were attacked, you see a single figure standing at the end of the alley with his back towards you. Boss, now is a chance. Side with us, we'll clean this group up, and then Fent here is gonna make us rich. You know, but these people here, they've been good to me. They, they, they've helped me out of the river. They have fed me uh, food. They've got me vittles from ship captains. You know, I can't turn my back on them immediately, all right? You see Alloy's distinctive... Uh, sewn together Miss Cloak, and he's holding uh, Fent up. I told you not to bring trouble around my neighborhood, but you just couldn't listen. And immediately you hear this loud snap, and Fent's neck goes sideways. Tony shits his pants. Hello, and welcome back to the Lost Legends of Scadriel Mistborn Adventure Game Podcast. I'm your host and narrator. Trevor, you can find me on the 17th Shard Forums as 5th of Daybreak, and with me are the rest of the Lost Legends. Hi, I'm John, uh, my screen name is Clovermite, and I play Tony Darkomancy. I'm David, and I play Lord Falcom. My name is Brian, and my character goes by the name of Tajmil. I'm Kelly, and I play Merida. And now, we rejoin the Lost Legends. Is Alloy still out in the street, or did he zip off? I forget. No, he just disappeared, and he is gone. Do we still have the ATM? You do. Well, uh, I suppose this time we follow Alloy. <laughs> and then Tony starts walking towards the door. Alright, you get there without incident, and you knock on the door, and Tradition opens up. He says, you better hurry inside. Alloy is not happy with the disturbance that happened out there. And he ushers you in. Tony is going to try to inconspicuously pull him aside and ask if there was a, a little boy's room somewhere that he could freshen up. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and have everybody roll uh, wits and uh, Tony roll charm. 
Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Tony, uh, everybody else gets plus one for uh, Tony's concussion. Uh, so I rolled threes and one nudge. I rolled two fours and a nudge. I got nothing. Not very witty today. Tashmiel? Oh, I, I, I didn't get anything. I got a five, a four, a two, a one, and a three. Merida knows. Knows what? Uh, exactly what's going on with Tony. Oh. Which makes sense, considering you are a ten <laughs> I, I imagine the book is flying open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's totally flying open. But the, the rest of them, they just think that you need to use the bathroom, and uh, tradition leads you off. Um, you, I assume, would continue on, the rest of the party continue on to the same place you went last time where the table is, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the two guards actually look over at you, um, just as they're putting the table back, and you see them roll their eyes, and they pick the table up and move it again and pull the carpet out, and then open up the trap door for you, and, uh, let you on down into the cave that is covered in metal on the exterior walls, ceiling, and floor of it. Uh, you walk in, and the labyrinth that was there before of, like, you know, there obviously cub- uh, cubicles don't exist, but it was, like, cubicle walling, basically, that was up just to break sight lines, uh, has been cleared away, and there's just, like, the stage remaining, uh, and Alloy is sitting there at a table uh, with his hood up, just quietly scribbling away at a piece of parchment that is in front of him on the table. Can we see what the, he's scribbling on particularly, or is that... Merida, are you burning tin? Um, no, I think I would have stopped. Yeah, that that smell would be a bit much. <laughs> no, nobody's able to see it. Okay. Um, I would take my bird out <clears throat> and let that uh, thing do its magic going to work. <laughs> so okay. He, uh, he says, follow! He says what? Follow? Follow! Alright, so I would go walk over to where he's at and see what's up. I'd say, hey, I've noticed that my bird has a strong affinity for you. Uh, uh, you, uh, you, you seem like an interesting man. What's your story? <laughs> he's gonna, like, pause in his writing for just a second, turn up towards you just the smallest of it. I imagine you have some important reason to be here other than to ask me trivial questions, do you not? Oh yes, you're right, sir. I'm I'm going to cut in. Lord Falcom comes up and like brushes Tajmil aside and says, "I'm sorry, Alloy. We have accomplished the mission you set to us, and we have acquired a bead of adium." And then I would gesture at Merida. Merida's gonna walk forward and hold it up. It appears so. The heroes of the city were able to maintain their hold on the adium. At least until you got under the protection of my neighborhood. Fent was foolish to set his trap as close as he did to me. He knows that my anger is well enforced. But congratulations. I see that the ATM is here and safe. At this point, Tony will say that you finished up. And you come over and see the table and the guards, and the guards are just setting the table down again <laughs> against the wall. Then they look over, they see you, and like one of them actually like kind of stomps his feet, and then picks the table up, moves it, opens it up, and lets you down into the chamber. Tony thanks him and claps him on the back and, and like gives him a tip. Uh, he, he thanks you. Gives you a big toothy smile. 
Ew. <laughs> so I should deduct a resource for that, right? No, not for a tip. Tony goes down and very inconspicuously um, sits quietly in his seat for once and kind of suspiciously eyes around and hopes that no one notices any lingering scent. <laughs> Merida gives him a like smirk and then turns back to Alloy. Actually, give me a uh, wits roll for that, Tony. Fours. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Merida knows. <laughs> <laughs> Tony just like frowns, <laughs> and then pulls out uh, pulls out Fluffles, who is you know spilling out from underneath his hat, and just pets him. Uh, Alloy's gonna see Tony as he walks up and like sits down in the last chair. Uh, look over all of you. Um, he's gonna notice Tony's black eye, or uh, Lord Falcom's black eye. Uh, Tony just kind of looking just terrible. Let's be honest. It's true. Uh, and then Tajmil <laughs> kind of limping with uh, blood soaking out from around uh, his knee where he was taken, uh, taken an arrow. I see that your fight was well won. Not all choose to steal from thieves, but it shows a uh, certain quality that I think I would like to have working for me. So you have finished the task. You have performed admirably. Both against foes hidden and discovered. Well done. I will contact you when the time is appropriate to let you know what true task I have set for you. Until then, lay low and recover your strength. I'm not quite sure how to feel about your notoriety around the city, but it was well earned, and I will not begrudge it to you. Thank you, sir. And I'm going to turn around to get out of here. I don't, I don't, and I'm going to grab Tajmil and walk with him. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you guys have nothing else to do, then, um, you go and you knock on the trap door and you hear from upstairs, oh, come on! And, uh, uh, 34, 45 seconds to a minute, maybe a little longer than, yeah, yeah, actually, you're standing down there for a little, quite a bit longer than you would expect this to take, having been through this process a couple times already. And, like, you can just tell that those guys up there are dragging their feet. Uh, you climb up the ladder, and you head out the door. And you have completed the first part of the quest for Alloy. Congratulations. Hooray! Yay! Do-do-do-do! So, Merida is going to turn towards them and be like, Okay, guys, so now we have the issue of what are we doing with this beat of ATM? Well, I can hold on to it if you guys... Uh, I believe we should use it to something mutually beneficial to the group. Yeah, so I'll hold on to it till we decide on that. And then I would just, like, use my, uh, what is it, like, my deft hands or whatever and try and snatch it from whoever's holding it. Well, I'm going to fight that. I assume that you've got it back in, like, a pocket, Merida. After you gave it to Alloy to have an exam. Yeah, and I'm. Yeah, oh, well, then not I'm just walking her. around holding it. Pocket it from her. I'll use my what's it called? Uh, yeah, quick hands. You realize I'm suspicious of you, so if you get close to me, I'm gonna be on guard. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make that. Uh, it's gonna be physique versus her wits. What's my physique? Probably like two or something. 
and she is going to get a oh, bonus three. for your shifty eyed. Oh no! So three? don't forget okay, his limp so too. Wait, wait can't can I get an so extra a bonus one though for my quick hands for, for her? And then you get a bonus two for thief and for quick hands. So I get two extra. Yep. All right, so five. Uh, but she does as well. And then if you're burning ten, Merida. If he gets close, believe... yeah, I'm gonna burn ten because I don't trust him. It okay. doesn't yeah, matter. So... I mean, unless unless you got really bad. So how many die do I have? Uh, you. If you're burning ten, you have ten. <laughs> there is no way. There is no way. Well, there's a way. <laughs> it would be funny if it works. Okay, I have two threes, two fours, and you won. Yeah, I, I only had two threes. Yeah, there's no. All right, there's Merida, no how way. does this play out? <laughs> how does it play out? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and describe the scene for us. It's all yours. So he's gonna come up to me, and I'm gonna immediately just like side eye him and grip the like my pocket as stealthy as I can and start burning tin. And when he gets close to me and, like, tries to lift out his arm, I'm just gonna, like, like, slink out of the way and go and stand next to Tony and put the side where my pocket is right next to Tony and just, like, glare at him. And, uh, for my own amusement, I would like Sonichu to immediately pipe up, Octong! Octong! As soon as she moves out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's fitting. Yeah, what can what can I do? I can't. Yeah, I mean, I that's ten ten dice. That's a. Ugh, I don't even. I don't know how that would happen, but. You also keep just going for smash and grabs. I do. I do. Well, I, it, that's the ska. Here, in let me. me let me just steal this from you. <laughs> yep. Just hold still now. I can't help it. Uh, our, our, the ska have been impressed by non-skas for a while, and I just feel like that there's a lot of uh, racial tension. But you're not ska anymore. Well, that's what my that's what my character sheet says. He he was when he was born. I was a ska too when I was right, born. He's not anymore. Yeah, he's not physiologically ska, but those kind of like pedigrees don't just True. disappear in society overnight because some dude wrote a book that says everything's better now. Yeah, well, I'm Scott-born, too. See, I was wondering, I had thought when you first made the character, you said she was noble. But at some point, we're going to have to dig deeper into the past of Merida. And She's not a noble. She was her. sold as a baby to a noble. Alright, well, Tony has up till now been uncharacteristically quiet, but seeing as now Merida has brought the focal of attention back to him, he pipes up, uh, well, perhaps it would be a good idea to give the ATM to Tesney so that we can still avail ourselves of his services. That's my guy, right? That's your guy. Merida's gonna full-heartedly agree. Falco kind of looks around and says, I don't like that he threatened us. Well, that's to be expected if you're on the underground. I did screw him over, which I can respect that. So the threatening was, well, well acted. Well, I like him. Of course you would, Tony. I do. 
Yeah, and I do want to say that not only did like she blow him off, but she all or like screw him over that first time, but she completely blew him off when he delivered that note to her and then skipped town again. Oh yeah. Like and was just out of town. Like sc- screwed him over, skipped town, came back into town. He said, I- "We need to talk now." Skipped town again. <laughs> well, we can make things right with the adium. For sure. I almost think that's too much. I feel like it's good to fix my reputation so we can still get information when we can and have our network. Do we have any other use for it? I certainly can't burn ATM. I can't either. Uh, I do want to remind Tony that his mother demanded the ATM or she cut off all of his resources. Tony remembers, oh, trust shit. me. Oh, shit. Okay. Wait, he so Tony's gonna like just say, you know, forget you, mom. I hate this family. Tony doesn't think it's a good idea for his family to get hands on the ATM. Okay. Do we know anything about that backstory? Or nope. Also, Merida was kind of like, "You don't need them." Well, then set up the meeting with Snee. I would suggest we do it somewhere besides our main base. We can call the scene here and say that, um, unless anybody else wanted to raise any objections or any other counterpoints, call the scene there, and then we will move on. Long rest? Sure. Uh, Long rest actually will be coming. Uh, I just want to go over a couple of things first. Um, Is everybody staying at Tony's place or... Like, would, now that, like, the first part of the job's over, would, like, Merida and Tony and uh, Tajmil and Falcom kind of go and have their own arrangements? Merida really, like, trusts Tony because she thinks he's too stupid to, like, be false. So she's just going to stick around him. I would go and have my own arrangements. Uh, I feel like Falcom has, like, his own little setup. It's probably very humble, but he probably has it in a shadier part of town. Where the rent's cheap. And then cheap. are you uh, heading over there, or are you going to stay with Tony again? I, I think Lord Falcom's going to dip from the group. He's going to just say, I'll, I'll be back in a couple days, whenever we plan to do the whole uh, Tessney meetup. And then Tajmil, for RP purposes, what do you tell them when you leave? Like, are you giving them a way to contact you, or are you just saying, I'll be back later? Um, can we talk about my bird's behavior in this instance? Could they sort of leave uh, my bird, or can I leave my bird there, and then they release my bird, and my bird can just find me because of we're, like, best buddies? Except you're not best buddies. If you take four advancements off your sheet right now, I'll allow that. Four advancements off? Of yeah, if you take four advancements off, go ahead and you? just add uh, the messenger crow to ta- uh, Sonichu's I don't strings. have any advancements on Sonichu. No, off Tajmil's sheet. Oh. Four? All right. One, two, three, four. All right. Four is gone. He's a homing crow. All right. Sweet. So then, yeah, I'll just leave my... All right, I... I'm entrusting you guys with my bird. Please don't let him get out of hand. He uh, he's he's grown up on the streets, so he has a lot of ska tendencies. So Tony very enthusiastically takes a hold of Sonichu and begins petting him. Clear. 
Clear! Is that one of his phrases? I thought he only knew Octong. Uh, he knows Octong, follow, and clear. Okay, uh, first, Tajmil, as you leave, uh, I imagine that, and this is just kind of something I've been thinking about, you had a sort of routine around the city back when you had a thieving crew. Uh, you know, like, places you'd go, and, like, maybe you had a little bit of an extortion racket that some of your gang members ran, or, like, there was, like, a, a fence that would hold money for you. Uh, you know, just things like that spread yeah. across the city. And so it's been, you know, several days, maybe more than a week's time since you've actually been able to go about this. And as you go around the city and hit up all of your usual spots, the safe spots where you would, you know, uh, I forget what they call the drop spots, but like, you know, you're just checking every single little crevice and cranny where you know that you used to keep loot from your gang and where people would drop off payments for things that were done. And every single one of them is just gone empty. I figure. And so uh, metagaming wise, we are going to take down your resources to a permanent spent of three. Okay. And that's to represent the loss of your thieving crew in the neighborhood. Where's resources? So permanent spent of three? Yep. So now so anytime you, you make a resources it? roll, uh, I already put it in there for you. But anytime okay, so you make a resources roll, you only have two resources to roll with. Okay. And uh, you settle down for the night. Is there anything in particular that you'd want to do other than, like, check your normal stuff? Yeah, I would like to look around for a nice house to break into and recuperate my losses. Go ahead and roll me uh, wits first to see if you can stake one out in a quick enough time. Uh, Plus one for thief? Yep. Okay. Um, I got three twos, a four, and a six. Uh, you find one that is moderately risky, but you think the payout is good. Okay. Uh, can you describe it? Um, it is a, uh, business owned by a former noble house that sells silks. Okay. And it's nighttime, right? Yep. All right. So, does this business, is this like a one-story building? Like, I'm kind of having a difficult time. Yeah, it's like a one-store building, but you've, uh, you were able to get a good look at the lock, and you think you can pick it it quickly, but it's in a nicer part of town. It's the best you could do under short circumstances, and you know that it is, uh, the, the risk is quite real that you will be caught. Okay, how about this? How about this? Can is how how can I jump up on top of the building and see if I can see any immediate like threat? Uh, basically, air? you're going to have to say yes or no right now, and then we'll do one roll to see what happens and if you have any consequences for failing. Oh no, this could end up being very interesting. Um, yes, I have to say yes. All right, go ahead and give me a physique plus two roll. Plus two, so five. Uh, yep. Um, I got two twos, a five, and two sixes. Oh, you beat out by a nudge. I had two twos and a nudge. Oh. So, um, yeah, go ahead and change that to two. 
to two. Uh, yeah, to, so you permanently have two spent. Oh, for my resources? Sweet. And then uh, we'll go ahead and I'm actually going to pull David into another channel for a moment. Dun, 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 dun. Uh-oh. I feel like the... Oh, no. Oh, yeah, boy. now you know how it feels. Entering private chat. Hello, Trevor. How's it going? Oh, it's going very well. Lord Falcombe hears a voice in his head, and it says, Falcombe, you knew that was not a good idea. But it was my idea. And Falcombe's just thinking this. Uh, and you'll kind of just feel this strange dissatisfaction uh, for just a moment, and your spirit is going to be permanently spent of two. Okay. Cool. Meanwhile, and this is this is kind of getting a little racy, though, don't you think? No, <laughs> racy, racy. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the way that like uh, I'm so damaged and everything, and my crew like took all our dead drops. It's like my my spirits just. I don't broken. see how that's erotic in any way. Yeah, I guess I'm not using that word right. <laughs> no, you're not. I'm just thinking, like, you know, like, oh, man, like, this is kind of... Uh, it's dodgy. Entering public chat. What's I that? mean, I, I suppose there are people who might have a fetish for misfortune, but... Yeah. <laughs> wow, that went south quickly. Yes, it did. <laughs> you have no idea. He's like, man, it's getting racy. And we're like, yeah, dude, you don't... Not how you what use are you that talking word, about? Evidently. Yeah, I think you meant dodgy. Tony and Merida, is there anything that you guys wanted to RP before we do the long breather? Is Tony actually, like, at the house? Because I thought he got kicked out. He did not get kicked out of his townhouse, and I will have something to explain that if you go straight there. Yeah, I follow Tony oh, where he wants yeah, to Yeah, that's where I was going. To our Tony is just going to go straight home, happily petting the bird, and not thinking about things that would stress him out. Merit is not getting close to the bird. <laughs> okay, you show up at the apartment, and uh, you notice that, like... You, the the curtains that you had before um, are you still have curtains, but they're like noticeably shabbier. And you open the door, and it's like everybody somebody went over your all of your things with a fine tooth comb and replaced it with a less splendid version of itself. So it's still like not bad furniture, but like there's a noticeable difference in the quality that you had before and what you have now. Um, just everything in the house. And all of the servants are gone, except for one uh, very old, white-haired man who Tony would recognize as one of the family butlers who would tend to the children when he was younger. Uh, and his name is uh, Wittens. His name is Wittens, and he greets you, Hello, Master Tony. Uh, Tony looks around, and his mouth drops open, and he just kind of looks upset and kind of lets his hands fall, forgetting about the bird. I don't know if the bird flies away. And, uh... Octong! Octong! Okay, at that point he'd, he, like, wake up and say, oh, oh, uh, hello, Master, uh, Mr. Wittens. What happened? And then he starts petting the bird again and not dropping him. Well, Master Tony, uh, I was informed by uh, Mistress Eleanor that 
there was a, to be a change in your mode of living. And so uh, you might have noticed some of the furniture has been rearranged, and she has called back some of the family servants to the estate. Uh, for now, I will be the one responsible for handling all of your coin and for all of the assistance you might need around the townhouse. And, uh, Tony just says, Well, it's, I'm, I'm glad to have at least you, Master Wittens. And um, he sits down at the closest thing he can sit down and continues to absentmindedly pet the bird and stare forward. So are you his new parent, holding his money and stuff? I have uh, always been something of a caretaker, if not a legal guardian for young Master Alphonse, or Tony, as he has preferred to be called several years ago. And I have just been sent here by Mistress Eleanor to ensure that he makes a, a how does she phrase it, a better choices from now on. Uh, think of me more as an advisor. An advisor, huh? Okay. If if it will uh, put your mind at ease, uh, young mistress, believe me when I say I have Tony's best interests at my heart. I did help raise the lad. And and Tony, you do have fond memories of a uh, witness. Tony asks if there's tea. Of course, I... Of course, please. And he uh, gestures into the next room where the formerly silver tea set has been replaced by a porcelain one. But there is a still steaming uh, pot of tea sitting on the table waiting and, and for And Tony you. says, I'll have tea then, Wittens, if, if you don't mind. Merida's gonna walk over to Tony in a rare show of compassion and just awkwardly pat his back. Entering private chat. Falcone, you have just left the group and are heading back to your own residence when a man that you do not recognize stops you on the street and says, Lord Falcone, you've been gone for so long. When are you coming home? Sir, do I know you? Sir, I'm sure if you search yourself deep down, you would know me. Come home. Come home. It's been a long, long, long time since I've been home. I don't even know if my true home exists anymore. There's always a place for you. You know this. He's told you that, hasn't he? But with everything that happened I can't place my trust fully in anyone like him anymore well and he pulls out like a little card and he hands it to you and it has the name Tarnan on it and like where it, we'll say that they have like street addresses that they're starting to get that uh not street addresses but at least like street names and it has like the name of where his house is located he says you know now how and where to find me, at least for the moment. If if I have to leave, I will get a hold of you again. And if you ever need to speak, just find me. Thank you for your concern. It's been a while since I've talked with someone that knew me from my past life. So maybe we can just get together sometime and reminisce. And he's going to smile and clap you on the shoulder. 
And then um, I imagine shake your hand as well, just to make it look a little more proprietary before he goes along on his way. All right. And then I would go back to my ramshackle home. Entering public chat. So I want to metagame both with the players and the audience for just a moment. Just because of the way that the narrative has been set up and the way that it's kind of a nonstop action, we haven't really gotten a chance to do a long breather yet, which is when most of the advancements would happen. And I've given them a couple of moments to like level up as they grow and learn. And when the further I've get, gotten into the story, the more I've realized our campaign as it is isn't as well suited for long breathers taking as long as they can or for sometimes even the uh, idea of only one advancement at a time not working. So in the spirit of never letting the rules get in the way of the story or the fun of the game, uh, we are going to have a long breather that lasts a single night. And just because it's going to be maybe a little bit longer before the next narrative long breather could take place, uh, I'm going to let them spend two uh, or get two uh, advancements spent in order to help uh, make up for the fact that, you know, we, we've gone 12 sessions and we've had uh, zero real long breathers. All right. Well, I already discussed with you one of the ones I wanted to do, and that uh, <laughs> the medium range stunt is I realized after we had already done the battle that according to the rules, you're only allowed 10 pieces to use uh, emotional allomancy. A hundred paces is if you have the medium range stunt. So that's definitely the first thing I want to pick up. Okay. I gotta look up how much that costs. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I want to do is raise my allomancy rating. Uh, gaining a new stunt is four, and then increasing one attribute is five. Or, I'm sorry, your al uh, allomancy is six. Where's stunt stuff? Um, stunts, I would have to open the rulebook for you okay. again, but you can change your, uh, or in augment the one that you already have. Okay, yeah, because I had the- Uh, so that way it's not just hearing. You did get the blind sight, you can get, like, the slow burn, or you can get, like, the piercing visions. Can I get, um, sense memory sight as well to hearing? Yeah, definitely. Is that four, Trevor? Uh, gaining a new stunt is four, yes. Shit, sorry guys, did I miss anything? We leveled up. Oh, wait, what do I do? Uh, you've already spent one of your advancements on Sonichu. Uh, you can okay. change a trait, gain a new stunt, gain a new trait, a bunch of things like that. Uh, basically, open up that advancement standout in the game references. I really like being the character that's not really combat, but like the support character. I'm all combat all day, but Falcone needs to uh, work on his... Uh, resources. So I think that's what he's going to do. He's going to use his contacts to try and up his resources in some way. And that's what, five advancements? Yep, five advancements. So and that just ups it by one? Yep. So now I have a total of five resources. Am I richer than Tony now? Oh yeah, pretty much everybody's richer than Tony other than Tajmil. I love how you're like, I'm going to take everybody's stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, yeah, what does this mean? Snap into mist. Does increasing my resources? Uh, you already a misting, so that doesn't. Uh, that's like what I said about the spirit web. Somebody snapping is their spirit web breaking, so they can use their powers. So that happened to you when you you snapped basically when your parents were killed. Oh, okay, all right. So I don't have to snap into a mist. No, you already are a misting. Uh, David, what were you saying? Uh, okay. Since my resources go up, my health goes up as well. Damn, I'm a beefcake. What's everybody else's health? Five. Twelve. Uh, Tony would be the next closest, yeah. And then Taj Meals is eight at max. Damn, Tony, how are you twelve? Wait, it doesn't mind go uh, back? Merida, your Does my- uh, attribute, your resilience for health should actually be seven by the looks of your character sheet. Yeah, I was going to say five is okay. tiny. I, I just have 13 now, so me and Tony were tied. So Trevor said he was counting the resources as spent, but for the sake of resilience, it would stay the same. I started with eight resources. That's correct. What are you guys going to do? I got rich. You got you already you already cashed out. Oh, well, I already cashed out five. I think I'm going to take a stunt as well. So I'm I'm still deciding. Like I'm thinking about doing uh two or yeah, getting two new traits or something. Whatever it's called, where you get that to add to wit and charm and, and stuff. When do I get to use my wit? Or not my wits, my spirit. When you need a boat. Like, could you get give me, like, an instance? Well, like, you used it the one time to reroll dice since you have the super special amount of spirit. Um, sometimes, if you want, like, something lucky to happen, like when David needed the boat, uh, Falcom summoned it out of nowhere with his spirit. If you need, like, Wait, no, that was Taj Mail. Or divine intervention. No, that was definitely you. I totally forget that. What's the stunts? They're the cool things about your power. Don't you already have a stunt? Doesn't he have like the multi shot or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah, he's yeah, he can target multiple things. Can I add another stunt to that? Yeah, you can add another stunt, and then one other thing is if you increase your alimantic power, that increases the number of targets you can go by one. Where's the alimantic power at? It's right next to your uh, steel pushing, and it'll go from five to six. It'll also increase your die pool for when you're using steel pushing. Wait, how do I how do I increase that? Like, how many advancements? Six. Can I do that and gain a new stunt? Then maybe I'm thinking. No, because you turned uh, Sonichu into a messenger crow for one of your advancements. Well, no, but I got rid of the four advancements off my chart already. Yeah, but I'm only letting you guys spend two. Normally, you can only get one of them. Oh. Uh, but I'm bending the rules a little bit. So I can only pick one of the two uh, attributes? Yeah, you can gain a stunt or increase something by one, basically. Mm. What are the stunts that I can gain? Can I get, like, a rapid shot where I can do, like, multi-shots now, but I could do them in rapid succession? So I could see that being really useful to be able to be, like, automatic machine gun. Uh, you can increase the velocity, which will increase the damage you do by one. You can uh, increase your range up to 300 paces. What's my range at now? Do you know? Uh, I think it's at 100 paces. I'd have to check. Um, you could do the refle- uh, reaction of steel deflection, where if they sh- throw something at you like an arrow or something, you get to do it just as a reaction instead of doing it for your action. So wait, say that again? If somebody, like, shoots a coin at you, and you were doing something okay, else on Okay, I got you. 
Yeah, I could like yeah, be like Magneto basically for bullets. Um and 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 uh that oh man. So like all those times the arrow in the knee, I could have done that. Would that have been Well, they were using glass arrows at that point. Well, could I have thrown coins at them could, to stop it like an active denial? No, no, denial? that's not something. Um, but, like, in the second era of Mistborn books, there's a coin shot, and he basically, like, keeps this constant bubble around him of, like, slight steel-pushing effects, and in an effort to try and, like, redirect any bullets shot at it. Can I get something like that? Yeah, that's what the steel deflection sh- shot would be. Uh, other than that, you could also get the steel running, which is uh, basically you can move as fast as a galloping horse at about 40 miles an hour by flying. I'm almost wanting that one then, just because I think with my ac- acrobatics, like, I think that, yeah. Can I already move really fast, though? Uh, not as fast as that. So if I got that, I would basically be like a Super Saiyan, able to fly around and, and stuff. And you'd be able to do it easily without having me to do a roll for you. All right, I'll do that one. Um, and then there's also the option to become a savant in your uh, metal, which costs 10. And what that does is it gives you two automatic free nudges anytime you're using steel. But when you're not burning steel, your willpower drops by one. And my willpower is not very high as it is. Uh, it's your highest stat, actually. Really? Oh, it is. Oh. Um. By the way, can I get? do I get rid of those damages ones? Yeah, yeah, at the end of the long rest, everybody's um, will be replaced other than the permanent ones they've given everybody. Is my willpower, is that a permanent one? or No, just like your resources, Tony's resources, Merida's influence, and uh, Falcom's spirit. I think that covers everybody, doesn't it? I'm cool. Yeah, okay, I'm good. cool. Yeah. So uh, everybody reset all of your healths and stuff. Honestly, Tony, I'm surprised you didn't heal one of your uh, burdens. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Well, I feel like these are a little more important at the moment. I will try not to make it too long between the next long breather and this well, one. One more thing that I just uh, that I learned from rereading the rules. Apparently, to do an attack as an emotional alamancer, I have to flare my metal. So it burns at a rate of two minutes per charge when it's flared. So every uh, alimantic emotional attack is flaring the metal. So there's no extra benefit of flaring. You have to do that in order to attack. That makes sense. We're going to go to the uh, next morning. Everybody wakes up having dealt with that um, quite long quest to find uh, almost extinct metal. Weird to talk about a metal as if it is extinct, but that's basically what happened. And... Tony, you uh, wake up to Witten's preparing uh, breakfast for you. Uh, it's not quite as fine a breakfast as you would be normally accustomed to when you had your own cook and servants to take care of everything. But it's still respectable, and Merida, you have yours as well. And uh, a news sheet is still brought to you explaining the news of the uh, current situation in Elendel that your family's spies have prepared for you. And uh, there are a couple of things that stand out. You uh, notice that there's a a rumor going around that House Penrod uh, was so sick of their um, head of house not being found by the city militia that they have kidnapped the person who they believe is responsible for his disappearance. That's the half Kolos dude. And then you also see in there. Something about House Eric Keller getting robbed 
and their ATM that they were so proud of uh, having disappeared. Was that the one that actually had it, or the one that was just bragging? House Penrod was the one lady who was we met that was super upset and super snobby and said they had ATM? Yep. Okay. And you knew from Tessney that they were faking it. Oh, okay. Whereas uh, Merida's notes just said that they had it, at, or they said they had it, and Eric Keller said they had it. Tony immediately passes the news sheet to Merida after looking it over, because he knows that she can make sense of it better than him. It was Penrod kidnapped someone responsible for uh, what? Penrod has kidnapped the person they believe is responsible for the head of their house's disappearance. Which, if you recall from when we were meeting with her, is the half-coloss gentleman that we ran into. Oh. Samara so looks at it for a second and looks very intrigued and like writes some things down in her notebook with a flourish and just kind of smiles. And gives it back to Tony. Tony then requests a, a paper writing implement from Witten's and, and begins a, a to-do list. He writes very large letters at the top, how to make money. And underneath that, he has a single bullet point, magic. And he seems <laughs> stumped on the, the rest of the steps he needs to take. Uh, real quick, I just want to double check. Uh, there's not a bigger reaction from Merida about Gavel being kidnapped. I thought you kind of liked him. Oh, no, I liked him, but I just think it's interesting. And She's all about the business. Yeah, in my head, I'm like, I need to check it out. Okay, are you uh, going to send out the bird or anything? Me? I can control the bird? Uh, assemble the Avengers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Locate the legends? The crow signal? Hell yeah, I'll do follow, that. Follow, follow. Yeah, would I... Know when to come back. I mean, you could say that you just wanted to come back the next day, or whatever it was that uh, you would, or give them a way to contact you. Okay, yeah, I would probably just come back the next day so we could deal with the Tessney stuff. And then Brian uh, Sonichu shows up at your door, uh, saying, "Follow, follow." All right, little buddy, you just show me the way. Tony had attached, like tied a little a picture of like a smiley face. So did we already do the Tessney stuff, or do we still need to do that? You have not set that up. So yet. while we're waiting for everyone to show up, Tony turns to Merida and asks her on her ideas to get money back without Mom. She just looks at Tony and just kind of, like, says, You seem to do well on your own with, like, the magic tricks and stuff. Just try to go around to places where there are lots of people and just do your thing. And then... You can even stop in the middle and be like, to continue, I need a few donations. I don't like asking for donations, though. But you want money. <laughs> I think I think we're going to call it right there. But you want money. <laughs> and uh, like that's, that just feels like a good place to end that scene. And we're going to call it there for the episode. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, happy launch, by the way. Uh, we'll, we're, I know we're talking to you from uh, six months in the past, but, uh, you know, happy, happy launch to us six months ago. Hooray! <laughs> Yay. Yay! Yay! Yeehaw! And with that quick vision into uh, where we are in our recording schedule, we will bid you goodbye. I hope you can join us next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Meeny my my. Mistborn and all related properties are owned by Brandon Sanderson and Dragonsteel Entertainment. The Mistborn Adventure Game is a product of Crafty Games. 
Special thanks to Steve Argyle for letting us use his artwork for the logo, and to Boardroom Design for putting the logo together for us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LLOS Podcast, or give us an email at lostlegendsofscadriel at gmail.com. We hope that you'll like and share and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.